And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Double M, what's going on? He's a gangsta. Yes, I need your advice, super genius. You're an ass, you're an ass, you're an ass. PX at 105.9. Brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. I'm Tim Benzin for Mark Madden today. Tonight, it's Chris Archer's debut as a Pittsburgh Pirate, much anticipated since the trade deadline. Neil Solons covers the Tampa Rays. He's the pre- and post-game host. He joins us right now. Neil, thanks a lot for taking some time to join us. You got it. Thanks for having me on. What are the Pirates getting in Chris Archer as a pitcher, first and foremost? Well, I mean, obviously he has very good stuff. Uh, you know, I, I think a guy who's a power pitcher, fastball slider, um, that's predominantly what he'll work with, um, and a guy who for the most part, is going to be an innings eater and has been very durable during the course of his career. I mean, I know he had an abdominal injury, but he's never had a, um, any significant arm injury that's kept him out of the, the rotation for any period of time. So I would say the things that, you know, come to mind for me are durability and also a guy who is a power pitcher. A lot of people are saying once he gets out of the AL East, his numbers will improve. Do you buy that? Well, I think if you look at his careers, his numbers against teams other than the American League East have been much better than those uh, outside the division. And I think part of that is the the level of competition you're facing. I still believe that as good as the NL Central is, um, the best lineups, at least for the most part over the last several years, have been in the American League East. I mean, you take a look at what Boston's doing, what New York's doing. Um, and even when before Baltimore sold off Jonathan Scope and Manny Machado and you know, Toronto had a Josh Donaldson, Troy Tulowitzki, when they were hurt. Um, those are very formidable lineups, and to face those teams five, four, five, six times a year, and then have to do that over multiple years, they get multiple looks. So I do think it's going to certainly benefit him at first, um, and I think that probably that lack of familiarity will probably be a challenge for some of the teams, especially in division, that haven't seen a lot of them. I've heard two things on Archer this year, Neil, and you tell me which one is more true. One theory is he's relying on his slider too much and he should be throwing his fastball more, but I've also heard that his fastball is being hit at a greater rate than what it normally is. So what should the Pirates tell him to do? Well, you know, I think if you look at what Pittsburgh has done with a lot of their pitchers, um, I think probably the biggest thing is uh, that I saw was he throws, he hasn't thrown his fastball in as much. And I think if you look at what the Pirates do, they get a lot of fastball usage, but they also work in. Um, and I think, you know, Chris probably worked away a little bit more frequently this year than he had maybe in the, in the past. Um, and I think because of that, maybe he started relying on his slider a little bit more. Um, and that slider was used probably so much more frequently that it became, um, you know, hit a little bit more too. I think if he uses his fastball inside more, it probably will open up the slider away. Now, that's easier said than done, but, you know, I have no research from his time in the Rays organization. I know he's a very good pitching coach, and I certainly think he's capable, Chris is, of making the adjustment. And, look, even if you have a scouting report, if you haven't seen something in person very often, it's not like uh, Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts or guys like that who've seen him so frequently. The guys in, in the National League Central, and for that part – for the most part, the National League in general will not have seen his stuff that many times and have gotten as much of a feel for it. A lot of people in Pittsburgh have wondered, as it relates to Archer and where he is in his career, 
why would a team that's trying to rebuild give away a pitcher who had been an all-star that still has two more years on his contract that is frankly pretty friendly for an alleged top-of-the-rotation guy? So you tell me, why were they willing to do that? Well, I think there are probably a couple of reasons. I think the return is the big reason. Um, I think, you know, look, Pittsburgh has it for, uh, I think beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And I think in the Rays case, the Rays felt that, you know, they don't have the set outfield that Pittsburgh does right now with Polanco and Marte. And obviously, you know, they made a decision on Corey Dickerson um, that, that actually put Austin Meadows really in the position he's in. And I think the Rays believe that he'll be a good fit for them, the same reason they believe that Tyler Glass now, even though he had struggled in Pittsburgh, that they believe that, you know, he has that supreme stuff. They can work in this division. And I think what the Rays are trying to do, um, they're in, you know, because of the division they're in, because they face the Yankees and the Red Sox, they feel they need a wave of talent. Um, and they're trying to get as many pieces that they think are as close to Major League ready as possible. And I think the possibility of getting two current pieces and then one future piece that will help them over the long haul, I think probably for them, they weren't looking to trade Chris, but I think in their eyes the return was too good to pass up, so to speak. You said a lot there, Neil, a lot of which I want to get to. So let's tackle this piece by piece. Again, Neil Solons is joining us. He covered Chris Archer and does cover the Tampa Rays. He's their pre- and post-game host. So the first thing I want to get to is you mentioned Ray Searage, and Ray has a well-earned reputation of being very good when it comes to the Pirates acquiring pitchers, figuring out what's wrong with them, and getting them better once they come here. Uh, at times, though, there have been prospect pitchers that haven't gotten as much out of their stuff as people have hoped that they would. Like, Garrett Cole became a lot better when he went to Houston. Uh, maybe Jamison Tyon isn't where he should be just yet. And, of course, we look at Tyler Glass now and say, whatever happened there, he should be better than what he ended up being. What do the Rays think that they can find in Glass now that the Pirates and Ray Searage weren't able to ever figure out? I don't know it's necessarily something that you find, but sometimes a different environment really helps the pitcher. Um, you know, if, if you look at it, I think two-thirds of the players in Major League Baseball, I, I think it's close to this number, actually broke into the big leagues with a team other than the team they were drafted or signed originally by. And look, Chris, before he was able to figure it out, had at the big league level, had gone through two trades. He was traded from Cleveland to the Cubs and then the Cubs to the Rays. Um, so sometimes that's just the way that baseball is, that hearing a fresh voice and hearing it from different people, and sometimes maybe an organization may just sour on an individual. I'm not saying that Pittsburgh did, but I think the Rays look at the stuff that Tyler has um, and believe that you know they can hopefully get him on track. Now, there are certainly things that he has to work on, but I think the raw tools that he has, I mean, he has elite stuff. I remember a conversation I had with uh, Jake Bowers, who is a talented young first baseman for the Rays. And I asked Jake what he thought of Tyler right after the trade, and he said to me, Tyler has the best stuff I faced. I said, when you were in the minors? No. He said, of any guy I faced, and he already had faced Chris Sale. So I, I think that speaks to his talents and abilities. Now, how you get those out of them you know, is something that's a process and over time. I mean, remember that Tyler has moved back and forth between the rotation and the bullpen um, and had been up and down. Um, I think in the race case, they're going to put him out as a starter, stretch him out, and see what he does. And um, Well, you know, hold on for a second there, Neil. What is stretching him out with the way that Rays approach their pitching? Is he going to be like a three-inning starter, or what's their view of him? I think they believe that ideal world, 
he can actually be a starter like a Blake Snell. Okay. Um, you know, they're going to give him that chance, but it's going to take time because he hasn't pitched more than, what, 57 pitches in a game. So he threw three innings and 48 pitches his first time out. I would imagine before the end of the season, the hope is, is that he's pitching six and seven innings in games. Um, and look, if he if it doesn't work out that way, their unique philosophy of putting an opener in front of a pitcher or shortening guys to four or five innings at a time and maybe going twice through the order, that's a possibility. But I think ideal world, um, I think they'd love to see him become a top-of-the-rotation starter. I don't think you would acquire a guy with his stuff without having at least those aspirations. Neil Solon's with us, Tampa Rays pre- and post-game host. Two more things, Neil, the first of which is Austin Meadows. We haven't talked about him yet. Uh, he was alleged to be the must-have in this if there was going to be a deal. I wanted the Pirates to get Archer. I didn't want them to give up Meadows to do it. Is he going to be called up already? Because I saw Tommy Pham, who was recently acquired from the Cardinals, is hurt already. Is that true? Yeah, Tommy went on the DL. He got, believe it or not, his first excuse me, two games with the race, he got hit by pitchers. First in the sternum, and then his second game, he got hit on the foot. They found a hairline fracture in the foot this morning. Um, he'll be out two to four weeks, depending on how quickly he heals. So they don't think that's going to affect how quickly they bring Austin Meadows up. Um, I think the goal is to play Austin every day um, for Durham, get him hot, and then bring him up. Um, and I and I think the the problem is that the last three days, believe it or not, the AAA affiliate Durham's been rained out, so he has yet to play a game there. But I don't think that's going to affect his timeline. I also don't think he's going to be down that long. I would think sometime here in the month of August we'll see him come up. Any idea yet who the third guy is, and was it going to be Jung Ho Gung before he had surgery? I don't think it was going to be him. I honestly would think, and I don't want to speculate on names, um, but I would think it's going to be, I mean, the Pirates have already said that it's a guy who's familiar to Pirates fans. Um, I would think it would be, my guess, based on the way the Rays work a lot of their deals, it would be a lower-level prospect, but someone who has a high ceiling. Um, you know, if you look at some of the deals they've done, whether it was David Price and they got a Willie Adamas, whether it's uh, Will Myers, where they got a Jake Bowers, who turned out who turned out down the line. I would think it would be someone who probably is at a, a lower level, but also has a high ceiling. Uh, and it may be a, a slew of players they have a choice of over the next month, and that's probably the reason why it's a player to be named, that they have to decide who that player is. They may evaluate until the end of the minor league season, and that's probably when you'll hear the, the name of that player come out. Oh, and Neil, one last thing. I should have asked you this earlier. Corey, Dick, Corey Dickerson, what would you do if you were the Pirates? Would you sign him long-term, keep him through the arbitration year? Have they seen the best that they're going to see out of Corey Dickerson already? I don't know. I mean, Corey's a really driven guy. You know, the first year with the Rays, he struggled, and a lot of that was because he was hurt um, through much of his season with the Rockies and didn't get a full healthy year off-season-wise. Off um, he's a guy who's tremendously motivated, and I think sometimes... Um, you know, I think he was probably motivated by the year he had his first year with the Rays in his second year. And I think probably this year he was motivated by the fact that he was traded again. Um, but I also think he's also a very skilled hitter. I remember a conversation I had with Dante Bichette, um, who did some spring training games with me. And Dante was a hitting coach in Colorado. And he said, I think that guy is capable of winning a batting title. Um, and I don't think that's out of the question still. I mean, he has great bat-to-ball skills. And he's a tremendous worker. Um, you know, he's a tremendous family guy, um, and he's probably a good fit in Pittsburgh. You know, in similar fashion, I think Chris is a great community guy and did tremendous work here, and I'm sure in a city that, you know, is very blue-collar, I think he's going to do great work in the Pittsburgh community, too. Thanks a lot, Neil. Glad you came on. We appreciate the insight on Chris Archer, and we'll talk to you again soon, I hope. 
You got it, Tim. Thanks for having me on. All right, that is Neil Solons, the Tampa Rays pre- and post-game host. Once again, it's Chris Archer Day here in Pittsburgh. The newly acquired Pittsburgh Pirate pitcher makes his debut at PNC Park tonight against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, again, I'll ask the question of Pirates fans. There's a little bit of a disconnect here based on what we're seeing in our web poll results. Everybody is so excited about Archer making his debut, but last time I checked, 80% of you don't think they're going to make the playoffs still anyway. So is this all about next year, or are you just happy that management tried? Do you not care about the actual results? 412-333-9939. We'll talk about that when we come back, and a little bit more on the helmet rule fallout from last night, and how the Steelers are reacting out in Latrobe. It's coming up next. Tim Benson for Mark Madden.